about my wife. And uh, in order to do that, just as a tribute to her, I want to share something from Ephesians. Uh, much maligned, very controversial set of verses here. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 says this. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And you know, those verses have been twisted and manipulated and used to gratify the desires of, of men throughout history, throughout the ever since 2,000 years, which is a shame because when properly put into place, it's just the most beautiful thing in the world. And, and, and my wife, I want to say this, particularly when we started the church 20 years ago, uh, she struggled with this, but she embraced it. My wife embraced this. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is savior of the body. She embraced it. Listen, not because she trusted me. Ladies, if you're waiting to trust your husband before doing that, you're, you're going to die someday and you'll never do it because we are not trustworthy. But she has a trustworthy Savior, Jesus Christ. And she did it. She embraced it. In, in, in spite of trusting the Lord with all your heart and lean not, not on your own understanding, she, she was looking and like, I can't trust Steve, I, this looks like if I do this, if I embrace this calling to be a wife of a pastor, my life is trashed. But she trusted in the Lord. And I got to tell you, what has been produced is something so beautiful and so wonderful that has borne so much fruit because she was faithful to that. And, uh, in 35 years, you know, I, I got to tell you, um, not a week goes by, not a month goes by where I hear about not only a wife that's not doing that, a pastor's wife or someone, an elder's wife or someone who's not doing it somewhere, something, and I'm, I'm either called in to help or wherever. And it just makes me more and more thankful for you, Stephanie. So why don't you come up? Where's Adley? Adley, can you get up here? Where's my daughter, Adley? <laughs> so my Mother's Day present to you is I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make you say anything. <laughs> but I love you. Does she wanna say something? No, she said she wants. You wanna say something? 
to say something. <laughs> Wait, did, did I take the price tag off? Wait, I don't this is a great... <laughs> Josh, you would correct me if I did. It was Leviticus 18. You were right. <laughs> it was Leviticus 18 last week. If you were here, you know what I mean, not Leviticus 13. <laughs> so I was afraid not only to trash my life, because I didn't have a great perspective. Okay. Because I uh, didn't know how fun it would be to be a pastor's wife. <laughs> Mostly I was thinking about, oh no, I'm going to trash their life if I'm the pastor's wife because, you know, I probably won't do it right, whatever it is. And so, anyway, I don't want you to think that I was just thinking about myself. I was also thinking about you. <laughs> that if I was going to do it, I needed to do it well. And I didn't know what I was doing. And thankfully, God waited a long time before he let him be a pastor so I could grow in the Lord and love the word. So thank you, God. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. Okay, your turn, Pastor Keith. Get up here. Get up here, bruh. He doesn't say bro. He says bruh. Hi again. Could could you let Pam say a mo something and be oh. because she was the woman of the weekend and yeah. great. Wives, by the way, wives submitting to your husbands is often wives telling their husbands what to do. I'm, t I'm, t I'm dead serious. Come on up here. Let, g give Pam a hand. I'm sorry. Well, praise the Lord, guys. I have been just privileged to be in your presence. You all have welcomed me. You've made me feel at home. I told y'all, we're family now, right? We're family. Ladies, I just want to simply remind you of, of the beautiful truth we learned this weekend. Everything from what you do, what you say, let it come from him, through him, and let it go to him. It's all for his what? Amen. He's a lot more adventurous than I am, and he assumes because I'm from D.C. that I am just as crazy as he is. <laughs> but he taught me again this weekend that he is much more out there than I am. And I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that, folks. Anyway, 
uh, happy Mother's Day uh, again to everyone. What a privilege, what a, a blessing that God has called you uh, to have that kind of influence in people's uh, lives and, and the world. We all know uh, how uh, they take that for granted. And we see uh, how it characterizes parents. In fact, uh, nowadays that in uh, the school system, you don't need permission from parents. You don't need to consult parents. Uh, in fact, the kids know more than the parents, right? And we see the mess that that has created. But praise God, he has another plan. And so I'm going to encourage you right now to open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 18. It's amazing how uh, God does things as uh, Pam was talking to the ladies about giving the glory, everything that you do unto the Lord. And this morning, we're going to talk about how we can go from glory uh, to glory. I promise you, we didn't compare notes. Uh, she didn't show me uh, her message until uh, probably the 23rd hour uh, that she was going to be speaking to the ladies. And I just, again, I'm always amazed how God puts things uh, together. So let's look unto the Lord before we get into the word. Father God, again, thank you. Uh, for the opportunity that we can come together and link arms, Lord, that we have chosen a better thing to sit at your feet, to hear from you, Lord. And now we pray that you will remove all distractions from us, those we may have brought with us or met us at the door, that we can focus in on you, uh, Lord God, and that you will take your rightful place upon the throne of our hearts. Let my words be your words. Let me decrease while you increase, Lord, and you draw men and women, boys and girls, unto yourself. It's in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all who are in agreement, let us say, Amen. Amen. Amen, saints. So this morning, I would like to discuss what Paul meant uh, when he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, from glory to glory. I'm going to read that verse. Uh, to you so you can follow along uh, with me. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the Lord. I believe with these few short words Paul summed up our entire Christian life from redemption and sanctification on earth to our glorious eternal welcome in heaven. And what is amazing about this verse is that it fuses together both the Old Testament and the New Testament by using the same word twice. And yet each usage refers to something different. The first glory is that of the Old Testament, the law of Moses. The second is that of the New Testament, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to talk about the first glory for a couple of minutes. Under the Old Testament, only Moses ascended the mountain and had close, intimate fellowship with God. But 
And this is what is very important. It wasn't because God didn't offer them the opportunity. I want you keep your finger here, but to turn to Exodus chapter 20 real quickly. In Exodus chapter 20, I'm sure many of you know the story. When Israel came to Mount Sinai, that God actually spoke to the entire congregation, to everyone. It wasn't just Moses. It wasn't just Aaron. It wasn't just Joshua or the 70 elders. But he also uh, spoke uh, to all those who had come out of Egypt audibly. They heard him. But then an amazing thing happened. It said in verse 18 of Exodus 20, now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you. And that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. And you might say, well, what's so powerful about that? Well, notice that once the people heard the voice of God and they saw the lightning and the thunderings surrounding the mountain, their response was I don't want to come near the Lord. Now, I want you to think about this. Because all of us, once we come into a right relationship with God, our desire is for others to come as well, right? And so we do everything that we can to kind of invite them in. But you ever notice that people seem to be more afraid of you after Christ? than they ever was before Christ. Isn't that an amazing thing? Why is that? You know they're seeing the thunder and the lightning in your life. Did you know that? I, I know you don't think of it like that, but what they do is they see the change in your life. They see that you're no longer violent. You're no longer angry as much. <laughs> you're no longer... <laughs> Lying and deceiving. You're no longer drinking and smoking. Confusion and chaos is no longer following you like a shadow. They actually see some peace in your life. Now you think that that's going to attract others to you, right? Because they see the change. You, you heard what my son said. You know, it, that didn't just happen overnight. Many of you know our story. We, we adopted him. And he came into our house cursing and, 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 and banging his head up against the wall. He was three years old, people. We was like, what did we, did we hear from God? <laughs> and so we thought, okay, it's going to be a quick turnaround. And still 10 years later, I mean, we were giving him as much food as he wanted. He was still taking more. We couldn't understand it. I gave you a half a bag of Cheetos. 
Why did you have to go and take my sour cream and onion potato chips to? <laughs> I couldn't understand it. But the Lord kept speaking to my wife and I. And I shared this. I believe Nadia asked that question. Patience, folks. Patience. The same patience that God had with you. I encourage you to have it with your kids. The word of God won't return back void. But I don't want to digress. When people see that, you would think, okay, they want that in their own lives. But what you have to remember is that people enjoy the chaos and the confusion. They enjoy the lying and the deceiving. They, they enjoy the smoking and the drinking. And so what, what scares them more than anything is not necessarily, okay, I'm going to go to church. Okay, I'm supposed to read the word. Okay, I'm supposed to pray or have others pray for me. They'll welcome that because a tragedy occurs in their lives or they, you know, they're up for a job or something is going on uh, with them that they don't completely understand that. They'll welcome you doing that for them. But what really scares them is that you know what? This is no longer acceptable in my life. And so now, not only am I expected to let it go, I'm also expected to not enjoy it. And that scares people. That's what happened with Israel. The lightning and the thunder, they, they, they saw that. And, and, and that, you know, that frightened them. But more than anything, it was the words that they heard God speaking. Even though in the outward, they said they would follow it. We all know the story. They didn't. And so what's amazing about this is it tells us that as they said, they did not want to hear God's voice anymore. And they were afraid to come closer to God. What did Moses do? It says he chose different. He told the people not to fear that this was a test. And we're going to see that Moses continued up the mountain while the people stayed at the base of the mountain. See, like so many in our lives, instead of listening to Moses, they drew away from God. Moses, on the other hand, walked into the darkness designed to draw near and be close to God. This act of faith led Moses to be told by God to come up to the Lord. I want you to go to Exodus chapter 24 real quickly. Exodus 24 and look at verse one. It reads now, he said to Moses, come up. To the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with him. You know, this is in line with what we read in James chapter 4, verse 8, where it says, if we draw near to God, he will do what? Draw near to us. And if we come, then not only will we be cleansed and purified, 
but we will also enjoy the one thing that none of us could understand prior to Christ, and that is that we could have sweet fellowship with him. We could actually be in agreement with God. In Exodus 24, I want you to skip down to verse 9. There's a description of what that experience really means about coming up and worshiping the Lord. And this is what I really want to focus on. Some of you might feel like, I know the Lord, but it seems as if I'm stuck at the same place. I, I want more from the Lord. But, but it seems like that there's something holding me back. You, you might even, you're looking, you're examining your life, you're, you're, you're asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you. you. You might even be looking at the circumstances around your lives. But you're saying, you know, I, I, I want more, but what is it that's, that's keeping me back, that's holding me back? Well, I, I believe this kind of, opens the, the window and the doors, so to speak, as to how that looks. Moses told to come up to worship. In verse 9, we read, it says, Moses went up. Also, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. So he had a little bit of company starting out. And they saw the God of Israel and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone. And it was like the very heavens in its clarity. So they go up and, and amazingly, they see the, 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 the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. They see the Lord. And so in seeing the Lord, you know, what, what, what do you do? I mean, of course, you stop. You, you can't help but, but just admire. You're like, I'm seeing the Lord, and I'm right here with them. And so, therefore, that should be enough. But notice in verse 12, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua and Moses went up to the mountain of God and he said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and her are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. So right here, as the, the elders and, and Moses and Nadab and Abihu and Aaron and Joshua are right there. They're told to stay back. But Moses and, and Joshua are asked to go a little higher to not only see the Lord. Remember, all of them saw the Lord. But now to also hear from the Lord. You see that distinction? It wasn't enough to see the Lord. There were also those who needed to what? Hear from the Lord. See, there's so many people, they come to church and they're like, man, I saw the Lord. Oh, I, I saw the Lord, you know. How'd you see the Lord? Oh, this brother blessed me. Oh, this sister, uh, oh, oh, they were so kind to me. Oh, I love the worship, the song spoke to me. They saw the Lord. They, they could clearly see. It's the glory. 
But then you might say, okay, what are you going to apply to your life when you leave the place? Uh-oh. You know you spend more time out there than you do in here, right, folks? <laughs> so it's not just enough to see the Lord. It's about hearing from the Lord as well so that I can go out and minister to others. Others, in order for them to see God in my life, I have to take that outside of these four walls. And so they couldn't stay there. So Moses and Joshua, they go a little higher to hear from the Lord. But it doesn't stop there. Notice in verse 15, it says, Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So we see that there were individuals who saw the Lord. There are others who wanted to hear from the Lord. But then we see Moses, he goes even higher in order to receive from the Lord. And then he is engulfed by the Lord. Notice they're going from what? Glory to glory. See, it's in your hearts and in, in, in our lives, folks. God is so gracious that he calls us out of darkness into his marvelous light. But you know that the more that we respond to the light that he gives us, you know he'll give us even more light. And the more light that he gives you, it draws us closer and closer and closer to him. Moses could have said, you know what? I'm going to stay back here. This, this is good enough. But the Lord was like, no, you come up even higher. And then he comes up higher and he's there six days. And, and I'm sure he was like, this is unbelievable. He's up in the clouds. And then the, the voice of God speaks to him. And he says, you come up and, and, and I got something that I'm going to show you. And he comes up. He could have said, you know what? I'm straight. Just keep speaking to me right here. You know, there are a lot of people like that. Like, you know what? I can't, I can't take it uh, anymore. You know, this is too much. I, I'm, I'm fine right where I am. And the Lord is like, nope, 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 nope. I want, want you to come even closer. There are so many in the body that they're, they're afraid of all that God has for them. People will tell you, you know what? I'm afraid I know God's going to speak to me. And, and, and when he does, he's going to expect me uh, to answer. And they're so worried about what they have to bring to the Lord instead of what the Lord has to give to them. Moses wasn't like that. He said, oh, it's more. And it says he went up into the darkness, folks. You know what was up there, too? The thunder and the lightning. He didn't say stop. All of this is going on while Moses is going up higher and higher and higher. 
And we see only Moses was given this privilege. No one else. In fact, Moses is going to have two very memorable mountaintop experiences. One is here on Mount Sinai. And because he went up into those clouds, where's the other? Remember, we see Moses again in the New Testament at the what? Transfiguration. And he comes up to Mount Hermon. And he sees Jesus Christ again in the New Testament. We're going to examine that a little later. Let's look at the second glory of 2 Corinthians 3. This is that of the New Testament. This is called the better covenant. You might say, well, why is it the better covenant? Well, the first covenant given to Moses, it came directly from God, written by God's own finger, according to Exodus 31, 18. And as glorious as this is, and this is the key, God always wants us to know that's where man came from. That's where he's coming from. Its roots, though, are in the law. Remember, Galatians 3 says this was a tutor. This was to show us our need. No one could ever fulfill all of the requirements of the law. It was to show us uh, that we could never be good enough. But it was still needed because man in our what pride and in our desire or our hope to actually uh, uh, ascend to where God is, where we think we can get to his level. God showed us that was impossible. The only one who could fulfill the law is the one <laughs> who came to fulfill it and then to bring us past the law, which is Jesus Christ. The New Testament is the glory that we're going to. The Old Testament is where we came from and it far surpasses the Old Covenant. In the First Covenant, only Moses could see into the cloud. But you know now all of us, all of us can take a look at Jesus Christ who's far better than the cloud. His sacrifice allows us to approach God. Back in Exodus 24, what I didn't mention is only Moses, Joshua, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu and the 70 elders were allowed on the mountain. Where was the rest of the congregation people? They were back at the bottom. They had to stay back. And, and scripture says, lest the Lord break out. I, I encourage y'all to do a word story, uh, a word study on that. It's comical how, how the Lord says he'll break out on you. My mom used to say stuff like that. Boy, don't make me break out on you. I know exactly what that meant. I'm going to let loose. That's what God was saying. I'll let loose on you if you come up further. Why is that? Remember, they said they didn't want to hear his voice. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I want you to listen to this and how this pertains to what we're talking about. In verse 6, it reads, Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit? For the letter kills, but the spirit does what? It gives life. It gives life. 
The letter of the law kills. The spirit of grace gives life. Again, Galatians 3, 23 through 25 says the law was a temporary guardian until something better came along. And it did. The gospel of grace and mercy through Jesus Christ. Now, when we go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, where it says we all with an unveiled face beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord. What was that mirror mentioned here? That mirror is the word of God. In James chapter one, when you get a chance, you'll look at it. It talks about us in verses 22 through 25, about not just being a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. But it also talks about the word of God being a mirror. You know, when you look into the word of God, the word of God causes you to face yourself, doesn't it? And sometimes we don't like what we see. So now we have a choice. Either I can try to adjust the mirror. That's what most people do. I'm going to make the word of God say what I wanted to say. Or I'm going to look at it and say, you know what? This this is true. This is who I am. Now, Lord, I have to surrender myself unto you. The mirror is the word of God. It shows us our reflection as we behold God's son in his pages. Now, then looking into it, then it transforms us. And what does it transform us into? Not into a, a better, you know, some people believe that, that the word of God somehow is going to make us a, a, a better image of ourselves. You know, there's nothing that can improve your flesh or my flesh. I know there's a lot of stuff out there, folks, for men and women that says, no, that's not true, pastor. I'm telling you, spiritually, you can't improve your flesh, folks. It's an impossibility. But what we can do is we can surrender that flesh so that the Holy Spirit can have control, complete control over us. And then that transforms us into the image of Jesus Christ. In fact, the word translated for transfigured is the same word for change used in Matthew 17 to describe the transfiguration. So the same word that you see in 2 Corinthians 3 18 is used in Matthew chapter 17 because it describes a change on the outside that comes from where people on the inside. This is beautiful. When you look at it in as beautiful as as great as Moses and going up into the mountain, going from glory to glory, you know, there's still. Was a deficiency there because Moses reflected the glory of God. But you and I, and this is the key, we radiate the glory of God. One caused the people to ask him to cover his face. Remember when Moses came down off the mountain? People said, we can't look at him. You know, it's like, ah, you can't see, cover your face. While the other causes us to what? Unveil our face and show everyone what God has done and offer it to all of those around us. That's why when it says that we look at God or we look at at, at the word of God with an unveiled face. Beholding in the mirror the glory 
of the Lord. That's what it's talking about. Now you can see. I can see. You know, the veil is, is gone. Before with Moses, the veil was still there, folks. As great as it was, it, it was still a deficiency there. That's why even when Moses said, Lord, show me your glory, even later on, the Lord had to hide him where? In the cleft of a rock. <clears throat> you know, the Lord is not hiding anything from you or not. See, that's the lie of other religions, right? Some of you have come out of places where you couldn't get to God unless you went through a man, right? A religion. People are in bondage to that stuff. Instead of now we're free. I mean, you, you can go right outside and just say, Lord, you know, just, just speak to me. Just have your way with me. And have the Shekinah glory all around you. And people can see, man, you know what? They're spending time with Jesus. Look at that. I have an older brother. And, um, and he and I talk oftentimes. And he's still not a Christian. And, you know, I'm still praying for him. And oftentimes, you know, when I do, when he does, I invite him, but... Most of the time, he doesn't come until around Christmas, right? He'll show up. And when I do, you know, he knows what to expect, right? So what he says is, you know, when is dinner? I know exactly what that means. Because he's going to show up after the prayer, after the testimony, after the reading the word of God, you know, because we go over the word before uh, uh, Christmas dinner, before Thanksgiving dinner, before any, like, celebration. We try to Give thanks to the Lord. He knows that. And what he's saying is, I, I don't, I don't want to see that glory. I want the benefits. But I, I don't want to make the sacrifice. They don't know. They don't understand how beautiful the sacrifice is, do they? In summarizing this, This is why when Peter, James, and John, when they saw Jesus in his glory, remember they said, this is good for us to be here. You remember that? The Lord never corrected that statement. What got corrected was when Peter <laughs> said he wanted to build three tabernacles, uh, wrongly thinking that uh, Moses and Elijah and Jesus was on the same level. That's what got corrected. But the Lord never corrected the statement that this is good for us to be here. Back in the Old Testament, it was only good for Moses to be here. Now it's good for us to be here. And so now all of us can ascend past Mount Sinai, past Mount Hermon. And we can be quiet as we sit right there where our Lord is and bask in his glory. Unlike in the Old Testament, again, where only Moses could see the Lord, meet with the Lord and receive from the Lord. Now everyone can do those very things. And it started right here with the transfiguration. See, all of us can have as much of the Lord or 
as little of the Lord as we desire. The amount is up to who, folks? Us. That's why I started when, by asking you, you know, I know that some of you, oh, Lord, I, I want more, I want more, I want, God wants to give you more. The only thing that can hold that back is you. And it's me. You can have as much of God as you want. You just got to dig in, folks. Stop waiting. Don't, don't, don't think, oh, I want as much. I want. Well, what are you doing about it? I just said, I want it. I want it. I want It's not going to happen like that, folks. You got to press in. You, you got to apply what you know. You, you, you got to sacrifice. You say, well, how do I sacrifice? Well, the sacrifice is just you showing up. You showed up here. Now God is showing up. The ladies, you showed up. I know it wasn't easy for some of them, but you showed up at that retreat and you got blessed, didn't you? And I was talking to uh, one of the brothers, uh, Gervo, I believe, and I said, you know, I'm, <laughs> and I know I'm running short on time, make this quick. I tell the men all the time, because I know husbands, oh, I, I know when your wives leave and you got to take care of those rascals. That is a sacrifice. And I know some of you are like, I got to work. Well, I got to do this. I'm tired. You know, you know who benefits from that when they come back? The application? You. So when you start saying, I don't know what's wrong with this house. I work hard. I do this. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with you. You know, and you say, what's wrong is you're not letting me go. Let me be blessed so that I can bless you. I'm just encouraging you. You can have as much of the Lord as you possibly want, or you can have as little of the Lord. As I close in Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 19. See, we're our own worst enemy, aren't we, folks? We don't realize it's not the devil, it's not the world. It's us. In verse 19 of Hebrews chapter 10, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us do what? Draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for we or for he who promises faithful. And here it is. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of what some, but exhorting or encouraging one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Draw near to the Lord with boldness, full assurance, with a clear conscience, stirring each other up to live for the Lord, fellowshipping with one another as we celebrate our Lord's soon return. Folks, you do that, and I can guarantee you, <laughs> 
it's going to be a tidal wave of his spirit overflowing you. And not just you, all those around you, you know, they get to ride the wave too. They benefit. They're blessed. And it's all because you said, I want more. Amen. Isn't our Lord good? <laughs> that, that he not only one of the most incredible verses, they all are, but just some of them just blow your way. That the scripture says that God not only causes servants, but he causes what? Friends. And think about it. With friends, we tell good friends, you tell your friends what? Everything. You're not with oh, that's your friend. That's the Lord. That's what he wants to do. He wants to share with you as much and even more than you could possibly know. In the book of Ephesians, it tells us that God can give us more than we can ask or what, folks? Think, I don't know about you. I got a vivid imagination. If God can give me more than I can actually think, that goes beyond anything that any of us can fathom. You know what? Let's take them up on it. Let's start asking. Let's start thinking. And let's start what? Believing. We're going to trust that God is going to do exactly what his word says. Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good when you taste it. He's good. Now there's no more of this, right? Now there's big heapings. You know, this is good. Let's partake of the goodness of the Lord. Not with a spoonful. <laughs> Not even with a bowl full, folks. Let's just dive in like it's a swimming pool of his goodness. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for what you've shared, Lord, with the ladies, Lord, as they're coming back from their retreat, Lord God. They've had a mountaintop experience, Lord God, and now uh, you want them to live it out in the valley, Lord God. Let those who are around them, Lord God, sense your presence, Lord God, and all that you have shared uh, with them, Lord God. And Lord, let them be a conduit in which your Holy Spirit flows in and through. That just as in the book of Acts, Lord, that people can tell that they spend time with you and that they'll desire it for themselves. Lord God, let the men, Lord God, just benefit from all that you share with the ladies, Lord God. And let them not do anything, Lord God, to take away from what you shared, Lord God. But let them do the things to enhance all that you poured into them, Lord God. And Lord, thank you that we could gather as a body this morning, Lord. We heard your word. We believe your word. We receive your word. And now let us apply your word to our lives in this lost and dying world. Have your way with us as you use us for your glory and for your honor. 
It's in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all who are in agreement, let us say, Amen. Amen. Amen.